Good evening, and welcome back to another summertime edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, I hope, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? I am here. I am All right. Here. And good Excellent. morning. Can I say good morning? The people who listen yeah. in the morning, you do good evening. And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Mid-afternoon no, mid- mid- yeah. people, that's, somebody will hit you later. That's right. We never get these things up till after 11, so probably, I, I'm guessing most people are morning or afternoon, whatever, yeah. Yeah, mm. whatever. I mean, maybe yeah. some people after work. So. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you guys to everybody who listened um, last week, the last show uh, when we had Eric Bolin on. Big thanks to him again, President of the Alumni Association. Noticed our numbers were good this week, so good to see that. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're going to have a little fun tonight. It is the off season. Um, we got a few things to go around. Um, first, though, we wanted to say thanks, as always. We are brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Rob, I got in there this past weekend, got to talk to Colby, uh, one of the owners, and we are working on an idea for a JMU sports blog trip this fall. So, Ooh, we, yeah, wanted to start putting that out there to everybody. Um, I think we're probably going to do a uh, Friday fishing lesson and time out on the river. We can plan one before, uh, the day before a home game this year, and we'll be looking to fill some spots to go with us. I think we've got some good ideas for how it's going to work. Rob, I think you're you might really enjoy this one. Hopefully I'll learn something. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll catch up to me in no time. <laughs> yeah. I've not, I've not outpaced you. No, I, I think there may be some Jack Browns involved in this as well. Yeah. So. Well, that, that is good. It's usually the, the post, the post fishing um, meal that, that I'm most adept at. Yes. Yes. So I think we're, we're on good, a good track for that. So big thanks to the guys from Mossy Creek. I actually met one of the guys in the store this week. It was kind of cool. He's a junior at JMU studying GIS doing all kinds of stuff, you know, big into fishing stuff. It was cool talking to a young guy uh, who's involved. He was actually interested in the podcast. He's like, wait, what is this? So as, as usual, people don't know what we are, but great to hear. Um, nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. That's right. And also thanks to Pale Fire, as always. You can go by the tap room in Harrisonburg and mention the podcast and pick up a free pint glass. You can do the same at Mossy Creek and get a free sticker. So two incredible sponsors down there in Harrisonburg. I don't think we could have two cooler uh, people to work with. So we're really thankful to them. As always, rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Uh, five points for JMUSB. And a couple things, Rob, before we kick it off, or one main thing. I, we did notice today that the West Virginia announced and JMU then in turn announced that the kickoff for the opening game has been set for 2 p.m. Uh, on August 31st, the Saturday of Labor Day weekend. I personally was very excited by this. You know, a lot of these opening games at FBS teams, we end up in that noon window. And it's just too hot yeah, and, and no tailgating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it becomes a kind of a tough trip. And um, it's still going to be hot as hell up there. But I think at least there'll be time to wake up and have a proper tailgate um, this year. So most JMU fans will probably not be parking close to the stadium. And I don't know, um, speaking from experience, all of the parking in Morgantown um, as close as you may be as the crow flies will be likely uphill or downhill. There will, there will be some Hills. Going, if you're walking either going to the back to your car or going to the stadium, yes, going up the, the, hill. Yeah. the only flat piece of ground in the entire town is the actual field. So yeah, you'll, you'll be walking a little bit. Um, but that, and so, we played them in 04 too, didn't we? We did play up there, right? So it might, might be a good omen. There might be a really good omen. Yeah. And, uh, Certainly looking forward to a huge, maybe, maybe one of the best JMU. This could be a really fun JMU road crowd this year. We'll see. I mean, obviously we don't have the numbers that we, you know, the local access when we play the Carolina teams is pretty great. And we end up getting a big turnout. 
But I do know there's obviously it's, – it's, A, it's not a bad trip from Harrisonburg, um, this one. going. It, I mean, it's a, it's a tough drive, but it's not far. And I think there's a lot of – there's certainly a lot. I know for me personally, and, and we, we, you and I both know a couple of people who have quite a bit of WVU, JMU overlap in sort of friends and family. So I think this will be a fun one. Uh, I don't know that we can get you out there, Rob, but uh, but I'll be holding it down for us. Yeah, I, I need to wait and see how the old uh, fall ball and soccer schedules come out. But right. yeah, that'd be a good one because like that's actually, I mean, that's a winnable game too. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Oh but, yeah, um, things are kind of lined up pretty good for a team coming off a little bit of a of a rebuild. Not, I mean, mm-hmm. losing Will Greer and a lot of the other players mm-hmm. and new coaching staff. JMU kind of coming out with a little bit to prove maybe after the way the season ended and just Signetti first game. So I'm usually not one who pays much attention to these FBS games right. compared to a lot of people, but I'm, I'm actually pretty optimistic about this one. It could, could see it being a really good way to start off the season. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we'll, we'll get, we'll certainly get deep into this game as the summer goes along, but the way things, I mean, it's unfortunate, but West Virginia is going through a big coaching change um, and a big kind of roster turnover this year. And definitely not – their fans are not super high on their expectations. It's actually kind of similar to when JMU played East Carolina a couple years yeah. ago. You know, just they're kind of in a down – they just happen to be – we're catching them at a what could be a good time. So, um, you know, West Virginia will probably turn around before ECU did. But we'll see. One, one would think. One yeah. would think, yeah. So that, that was cool news today. And then the other thing, Rob, we wanted to talk about tonight was um, – I didn't know this. This snuck up on me. I wasn't aware of this. And then I think we both saw Greg Medea put out part one of what's going to be a four-part series in the news and record that um, this summer is the 20th anniversary of Jeff Bourne becoming the athletic director at JMU. And I was not aware that – I mean, I guess it's funny. I, I think he's been there as long as you and I have been following closely pretty much. I, I don't think I could name previous athletic directors really, you know, Um but this is pretty that, – that's kind of a cool mark for him. And I, I don't know what you think, Rob. I, I think um, – I guess I, there's so many great things that have happened in this 20 years. I think objectively there's no way to look at the progress of JMU athletics and say that this 20 years has been, you know, anything but a – I would say a success. I, I think that the, it remains to be seen, right? And I don't think – I think we've learned over the years Mr. Bourne is not the only – you know, he was not, it wasn't his vote alone um, when, when all the conference stuff was going on. And in fact, he may have been outvoted at times or quite a few times on certain things. And I think it'll be interesting to look back on his tenure 20 more years from now. And I, I think some of the, you know, some of whether we consider this a rousing success or a success will be determined, you know, still has yet to be determined. So I think from an overall athletics perspective, mm-hmm. Like looking at holistically with the entire Jamie Athletics program, mm-hmm. you're crazy if you view this as anything other than a raising or a, a you know raving success. Yeah, I think so. Um, Jamie basketball was in really bad shape when he took over. Mm-hmm. It's not anywhere near where we want it to be, but there were the high water marks of the past thirty years were under Born's tenure. You know? right. yeah, yeah. Everything's relative. We don't talk, but like they didn't make it back to the tournament. They did string together a couple 21 seasons, which I know are not what they used to be. Right. But um, so that's one program I still think needs to make some progress. But even despite all that, 
the, you know, kind of lack of success on there. Porn still should get a lot of credit, maybe even more credit for being able to rouse support from the new arena mm-hmm. and, and try to rally people on that for facilities. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you can go toe to toe in terms of relative progress. Uh, clearly mm-hmm. there are, there are better arenas and better football stadiums, but relative to our peers, right. What Bourne has done with facilities is unparalleled. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets, I mean, he's, he's a well-paid guy and everything. And, Unfortunately, in that situation, part mm-hmm. of the job is being the, the face of athletics just to take it on the chin in the tough times. Mm-hmm. And I think he unfairly drew a lot of the fans ire during this whole conference realignment stuff. Yeah. Or a lot of people blamed him when he had to get out there. And that's his job. Like I said, he's well compensated. And I'm sure I've talked to him. It's, he's not a guy who's going to whine about it. He knows he's got it. Mm-hmm. And it's a good life. But he was the face of a lot of frustration for fans. And I've never thought that was particularly fair, fair to pin it all on him. Nope. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know behind the scenes, but I've always enjoyed talking to him. I think he's very forthcoming. He gets out there. He, he speaks to people at alumni events. He'll spend time with you one-on-one. Mm-hmm. He answers questions. Um, you know, he's going to give these interviews where you're going to get kind of the, the coach speaker AD speak. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I like the guy. I, I'm very grateful that he's been in charge of the Jamie Athletic Program, and I hope he sticks around for, for more years. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, I, think, I think we're hopeful to see him stick around at least a couple until this basketball thing is, is really – up and running in the new arena but yeah you can't look at the, the facilities it's it's incredible right that's not just him but that's the university at large but certainly he's yeah. been the biggest advocate for the expansion of bridge for the new basketball arena three national championships yeah i believe i believe the number 66 caa championships yeah just incredible i mean other than if it wasn't for men's basketball there'd be no question right i mean that's yeah. the one and and he'd be the first to tell you, I'm sure. That's the the one big hole um, in, at JMU Athletics right now. But so many other programs, yeah, the two championships in football, three trips to the championship game, the lacrosse championship, you know, just being the dominant force in women's basketball and softball. Uh, you know, it's just there's a lot of progress. A, a number of excellent coaching hires across all the programs. Correct. Um, um, transitioning out some really great coaches, you know, like Tom Martin, a guy who was mm-hmm. announced to me in the hall, uh, going in the Jamie Hall of Fame. So yep. congrats to him and the others. Amongst mm-hmm. Tony Lazat, one of my favorites, but, um, you know, Martin retiring and then soccer kind of having an uptick yep. under the new coach. Um, the hire he just made with tennis was Coach Shelley. It was great. Mm-hmm. Bringing back Coach Shelley for lacrosse, you know, from Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's the I, I'm blanking on the name the dude who left for Auburn Mickey Dean yeah Mickey Dean but yeah. then but then not missing a beat with Laporte and that might even turn out to be you know better in the long run so yeah the guy really has he's hit he's hit the marks on pretty much every program across the board yeah and it's really hard to I mean and and football the the cornerstone sport you know he, he's been there you know he stuck with Mickey at the beginning um, paid off right away you know and then. Yeah, I mean, you can argue whether we hung on a little, a year long, a year too long, or something with Mickey. But he's had three hires in a row that I mean, I mean, sir, I, you know, we all have our jokes about Withers, but they won a lot of games and put the program back on top, and then they won the championship with Houston. And from all the early returns, show that this has been a good hire as well with Coach Steve Nettie. So yeah, you know, really hitting home runs there. And yeah, I think a guy who's he has, I do think the one thing we'll all look back and say is he seems to have maximized in a lot of ways what he could do with the resources available to him and the university support available to him. You know, I mean, basketball is a different animal and it's, we're all frustrated by it, but 
you know, we got hopes for the future. So we'll see what happens. But I thought that was really interesting. I encourage everybody to read Greg Medea's piece uh, this morning in the Daily News Record and the three that will follow. I think there's probably a lot of interesting stuff to be gleaned there. I also think the one thing, Rob, you know, we I don't want to talk about conference realignment tonight. I, I know there's been a lot of talk online about that. Oh, my gosh. Right. Can we just say it? it it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Just, it ain't happening. No. Just, th- there's our comment. This, this is our conference realignment mm-hmm. podcast. JMU is not going to the AAC. Nope. Po- podcast done. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. But I, I also think, Bourne, it, what you said, I, you know, the proof will, I, I don't know, it'll, we'll, we'll know 10 or 15 years from now whether JMU has made the right big picture decisions on conference stuff over the last decade or not. That probably remains to be seen. But Bourne has done a good job of kind of just weathering the storm on that mm-hmm. and continuing to promote the positives of JMU. And I, I'm, I'm, as torn as, I'm as torn as I've ever been about conference realignment right now or about FBS football, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you, I'd much rather be – I get so mad at the CAA, but do I really think the Conference USA is any better in anything except the fact you might go to a bowl game or host – Virginia once every four years or something? No, I don't. No, I, I think all the same frustrations that JMU fans have about, oh, our longtime rivals are gone. We're playing these teams we've never heard of. You'd be having those same frustrations if you were a longtime program in Conference USA, if there is such a thing as a longtime program or, <laughs> or, or some belt. Like, it's just the general college football. You just, yeah, there's a lot that's very frustrating about it now. And I don't think this conference alignment, realignment stuff has worked out well for anybody. Very, so me, very just, few. I, very, very few. few. I mean, like, the, the rich get richer. But for anybody outside of that top tier, yep. and even the top half of that top tier, yep. it's just – it's not a great situation. So my mind is just, you know, get excited about your team, root on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And if Jamie can be successful here, I'm good with that now. Let the chips fall where they may. We'll see how things shake out. Mm-hmm. I'm one of these guys who really does think that sooner or later, probably later, this whole G5 thing is going to – come kind of crumbling down and people will come to their senses and realize like there's big money in college football mm-hmm. in the sec and the big 12 and the big 10 the rest of it just try to go regional make rivalries and and have fun on saturdays yeah and i think when that happens jamie will be part of that conversation yeah that's that's all that matters to me right now like i don't care to get too involved or try to read the tea leaves or like this this AAC thing, goodness gracious, oh, it ain't happening. No. And it was like when it started, when the news broke on Saturday, I was just like, oh, man, here we go. So for here anybody who doesn't know, the news broke up. that UConn was going back to the Big East and thereby, you know, potentially, right, depending on who you talk to, um, you know, leaving a hole in the AAC that might or might not be filled. And that got everybody talking again from coast to coast because the AAC is kind of a wildly – crazy geographic conference to begin with um and i don't know what to say i mean the funny thing about this whole thing is the reason that the spot opened is because it was a failure for uconn football yeah right that the whole thing abject failure and and not just uconn football it was an abject failure for uconn athletics yeah right the brand of uconn and they're going back you know hat in hand to the big east um, in hopes that they can kind of rekindle the magic of the old Big East. And that's the, I mean, that's the whole reason this opened up. And I, I don't know. I mean, if you talk to anybody outside of like TCU or Utah, I don't know that any other 
team that's been involved in realignment would necessarily say it's been a good thing for them. You know, I don't know, maybe tech, maybe like Missouri or one of these teams that ended up making a bunch of money moving to a bigger conference. But for every one of those, there's a million South Alabamas who are still hanging on by a thread. And I don't know. Yeah, that's all. That's all we have to say is it's not happening with the AAC. So don't worry about it. Let's get ready to root. Look forward to the West Virginia game. Yeah, 65 days to West Virginia. Yeah, so we're, we're not that far away, people. Nine weeks away. And by the way, Wayne Rooney just scored from his own half. Oh, I if was... no, I was I had the breaking, breaking news, yeah. breaking news. Rooney just scored from oh, um, wow. 10 yards inside his own half. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that gives you how much um, I care about this conference realignment talk. I'm watching DC United, United right, as, in a as we're talking about it. Right. Um, Rob and I, by the way, uh, for everybody out there, we, we should promote Rob. We're, we're both going to the. JMU, we're, we're at least planning to go to the JMU night at DC United on Friday, July 12th. The 12th. So yes. we should promote that now because we I, I doubt we're going to, I don't know if we're going to record next week with it being, well, we'll see. Maybe we will. Um, but one of those two weeks, we may not the next two weeks, uh, next two weeks around the fourth. We'll see. Um, but yeah. And speaking of soccer, Rob, that takes us to tonight's fun topic. We're going to have fun. This may be a very niche topic for our audience. I don't know. It does seem like when we're on Twitter that we do get a lot of interaction when we talk soccer. Um, but, Some of it saying don't talk soccer. Right. right? Yeah. But Whatever. Uh, right, men's national, women's national, uh, with everything that's going on right now, you know, we, we do talk about it quite a bit. We talk about the EPL. We talk about the Champions League a little bit. Uh-huh. So just before we jump into it, yeah. like, how confident are you heading into this match against France on Friday? I'm not confident. I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. I, I, I thought that we did not play well. I was really really not happy with ellis's tactics no particularly substitutions um having morgan play so long when she clearly was hurt like mm-hmm. i'm not happy at all I, I don't think the back line is the right players no they looked out of sorts the communication there is terrible like i thought the u.s was extremely fortunate to get out of that game against spain with a victory yeah i think one of the problems for the the, the u.s women much like um some of the world powers in men's football this is never a problem for the U S men's team because we never, we can't even find 11 guys that should be on the field. Right. But on the women's team, there's this like, um, I don't know, there's certain players and and I don't mean to be overly critical. They're all good players and it's a very tight competition for playing time. But yeah, there seems to be this idea that like, well, Becky Sauerbrunn, you know, she's been around, so she has to play. And part of me is like, well, why don't they move Ertz back there and, Sauerbrunn's not playing very well and doesn't look fully fit. Or this idea that... Or Irvin Rapino. Rapino. Well, and I was actually thinking about Heat, who's driving me insane, who, you know, she's the most entertaining player, but just play the early ball. Like, stop yeah. dicking around with it on the side all, every well, time. Well, my it's not basketball where you just throw your five best players out there and play positionless. Mm-mm. But that appears to be Ellis' strategy. Like, I'm just going to throw my... 11 best out there regardless of the position. She got Crystal Dunn in the back and things like that. But then she didn't. And she it, didn't put Lindsey Horan on the field yeah, in the last it, game. She does that like with the defense in midfield, but then the attack, I don't know. It's just, it's... And, and like I, you said, Morgan, if, if she's not healthy, like Carly Lloyd sure looks fit and ready to go right now. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just get frustrated. I'm like, when I see Tobin Heath, you know, I, I know she's everybody's favorite, but, and, and mine too, from an entertainment standpoint, but I, I watch a lot of Crystal Dunn not on the national team. And I'm like, she could be out there doing that yeah. if they want to move her higher up the field. And Ertz could, you know, it's not like they couldn't have played Mewis and Horan if they dropped Ertz deeper in the lineup. I don't know. 
yeah, I'm I'm confused. Um, I hope they need somebody to step up. I mean, I thought Rapino was the one kind of veteran player. I mean, I know it's just taking two penalty kicks, but See, but I, she did step thought, up a little bit, you know. Yeah, she did, but I thought she was pretty terrible. Yeah, for it, for, for the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, like, Rapino's the one the first player half. that's interesting because she's, you know, I mean, look, they're all great athletes, but she is past the point in her career where she could just beat everyone, and she's pretty little. You know? But she's also such like she's like a bulldog. Like you kind of want her out there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Like you, you know, like. When when, the, when she lined up to take the kicks mm-hmm. and the and the keeper was staring at her, my kids like, what they're trying to do? And I was like, they're trying to intimidate her, and they laughed like, you can't intimidate me, no. you know, like oh, this no. doesn't happen. Right. Like she intimidates you. So like, I understand having her out there for that sort of situation, but like, in a must-win game on three days rest, when you know you've got this game, mm-hmm. pull her off after sixty minutes. That's or right. Something, you know, save her. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know why they didn't make more substitutions in this game. I, I don't. That that was my big. And, uh, I, that to me was insane. You know, and the Haran thing, I, I do get. I mean, I guess I kind of under she was on the yellow card, and so there was some concern about her picking up another one and missing the next game. But I, I don't know. Is there for people that are watching this closely? Is there any question she's the best? Seems to be the best player right now. Like, I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, um, yeah, I'm very nervous about this game. I, I do think, Rob, I mean, you and I have watched probably as much of this as anybody. I, I don't know that. I mean, France has not looked like this indomitable team either that we, I mean, neither of neither France or the USA have exactly looked like the, you know, heavy favorites they were coming into the field. Um, no, I think you, you have to be worried about Germany, England, teams like that. Right. That, that could sneak up. Yeah. So, and, and look, it is cool. I, I'm really happy. I mean, I, I was bummed to see Japan lose that game the way they did uh, to the Netherlands. That was such a great game. And then they lose on that kind of crappy handball call. But, um, and it's, it stinks, I guess, that it's all European teams in the final eight, except for the U.S. But it's also cool, really cool to see countries like Italy and the Netherlands where soccer is king in the men's side actually getting, you know, I don't know if you saw it, like the ratings in Italy were like insane compared to anything they've ever had before, you know, in Brazil, in Brazil, Brazil and Argentina, Brazil is so woefully underappreciated. Like the situation, yeah. I, I don't want to get into this yeah. situation with our women in the pay. It's a big deal. And mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. That's come to the forefront. And now that they appear to be coming to the negotiating table, that's terrific. But compared to some of the other federations, yeah, I mean yeah. everything's relative, and it it all needs to be raised. And that's why when you're the leaders like US, you kind of need to make the big stand. And mm-hmm. rising tide lifts all boats, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in these other countries, it's just been a complete afterthought until the last decade, yeah. even for some really advanced soccer, soccer country. countries. Right, right. You know, yeah. But I, I do. I'm hopeful. I mean, given, like you said, the ratings in Brazil and Argentina in Italy and places like that, like uh, I'm hopeful that 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 might lead to some encouraging developments the way that it did, has for the U.S. over the last two decades. You know, it's certainly going to be more competitive. I, right. I don't think you're going to see the U.S. going in thinking like every World Cup where you know semifinals are bust. No, I think those days are are numbered. Well, and it's it's also in a good way, right? Like the men's pro. I mean, kind of the opposite, right? The the women, the college system in the U.S. has produced the best women's players in the world for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. And now when you have massive money being invested by PSG or Man City or Lyon or Barcelona, Barcelona yeah. right? I, these Atletico Madrid, these teams that are investing in their women's programs, 
let's be honest, their facilities and coaching are far superior are better. to yeah. Santa Clara University, right? Yeah. I mean, they just are. And, you know, you're going to see that tactically and, and technique-wise. So, anyways, I, I guess we've beat that to death. I'm really excited about Friday. I wish more than anything that it was on Saturday. But um, yeah, <laughs> they need to get to the final for us to have a weekend game, I think. But um, hopefully the women can pull it out. There's, I still think uh, – I mean, they're still clearly the most talented team, I think, top to bottom. Um, oh, yeah, I don't think there's any you know, doubt about I, it. I am scared to death of the goalkeeper, but – We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, goalkeeper, and and I've been not impressed with Alice. It's just no. really, really unusual substitution patterns, or well, lack thereof. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I, I think they were a little arrogant the way they didn't play Haran and the way they went in to approach the Spain game. Hopefully, maybe they've been cleansed of any of that arrogance. It's winter go home. Yeah. You know, it's, it's and, a and, but and look, they it got really the, is. Yeah, and they got their ass kicked by France the last time they played. So I, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to see the kind that kind of – attitude going approaching this game so really excited for friday and uh, go usa so our thing tonight rob brought this up a couple years ago a bunch of people have done this on various websites and podcasts before but we wanted to have fun with this and we wanted to do the caa uh particularly caa football um if we matched up what caa team what team would they be in the english premier league if we're matching up caa football with epl teams and we'll have a little bonus uh, CAA basketball team each at the end. But I, just so everybody knows, we did, Rob and I did divide the CAA football teams amongst each other. So we won't double up on any particular team. Um, but we didn't talk in advance about which EPL team we were comparing them to. So there might be some overlap here. But Rob, you want to start us off? Well, I got, I drew JMU, right? Oh, yeah, you did. Yes. Well, this is going to annoy JMU fans, but I'm sorry. It's got to be Man United. <laughs> I mean, it's just oh, – no, I mean, you talk about the CIA and a lot of, oh, we're too good for this. Oh. Man United – Man United is a 10,000-pound gorilla, even though they haven't been – you know, they haven't won in a couple of years and since Sir Alex left. They're still kind of the benchmark for the EPL, much like JMU, even in a down year. You know, you're looking at maybe finishing third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, they outspent people for years, much like JMU. I mean, we need to be realistic here. Yeah. Like – JMU has had a lot of success, had a lot of success by just going out and getting the best facilities and paying more for coaches. Mm -hmm. Much the same way for years, Man United would just get whoever they wanted in the transfer market. But, um, and I also think, I mean, Manchester United is one of those teams, like they're hated by the fans of every other team. That's true. As as JMU fans, like, well, every joke about CAA fans and nobody's that passionate. They all hate us. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. That's without a doubt. It's a, you hate the Yankees, you hate Manchester United. Right. You know, people hate the Celtics and the Lakers. It is what it is. But I think we just need to own this one. Oh uh, yeah, I was I was hoping maybe you were going to say we were Man City. I don't know. I, I don't. It's Rob. Um, I guess we should full, fully disclose. I knew you weren't going to say JMU was my Everton team. Um, no, I, I'm surprised that you put them as your Man U team. Um, well, and, but I think I mean, you're I'm, right. I'm, I'm a Man U fan going back before I knew what it was to be a Man U fan. Right. You know, like, right. When I was in fourth grade, I had family friends come over from England and yeah, they brought yeah. me a bunch of scarves and hats. Yeah. And I was like, this team's awesome. And then 20 years later, I found out when you could actually follow the games, I was like, I chose the Yankees. That's my team. And I, was like, I was horrified. Right, right. Oh, but, that's good. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. You can't really switch your teams. And oh. I did it when I was 10 years old. I didn't know any better. Well, that's that. I like that a lot. Um, I guess I'll start with Delaware then. Um, okay. So I, I had thought about Delaware as Man U, um, but I'll, I'm, I 
figured you might go JMU Man U. So I, I thought Delaware is, is kind of Aston Villa. Um, they, okay. they, they think of themselves as a very fancy club. Um, but to yes. everyone else, they're just like a bunch of thugs. Run of the mill. Yeah, it's, and just a bunch <laughs> of like thugs and faded glory and run of the mill. Yeah, I, I was like, they're just, come on. They're not even like, I'm not even going to give them one of the big names to go along here. So <laughs> no, they're, they're not challenging for champions league. They're just like, yeah, they're just, just go yeah, play in the corner. Right. Like they've been around a long time and therefore we sort of talk about them, but you know, they're just yeah. trash. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. What's next for you? Well, I got Richmond. Oh too, boy. Which is, uh, oh. For me, this is Chelsea. Um, yeah. Primarily just cause I hate Chelsea right. and I hate Richmond, right. but also the whole kind of new money thing for Chelsea. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They were kind of nothing, then all of a sudden you just got some rich owner comes across, and now they're like the new fancy kids in town. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, they're just they're just kind of overall a douchey club. Right. And what what's more comparable to Richmond than a douchey anything? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's uh, and then that also is killing me that Pulisic is, is going to Chelsea. But, yeah, yeah, that is yeah. going to be hard. Uh, they could have been literally like any other team in in the Premiership. Just, I would have been like, all right, cool. You know, yeah. I'll cheer for him on Saturdays and be on. It's gonna it's going to make me vomit seeing him in that blue shirt. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, that's funny. So my next one was Elon. And um, I thought Elon was wolves. Um, okay. They're kind of a respected newbie that is, uh, you know, they're really an outsider culturally still. Um, but they're doing respectable things and kind of just being someone that everybody like acknowledges is, I don't know, they're good. Right. We don't like yeah. to say it, but they're kind of doing the right things and, Trying to do, seem, seemingly doing it the right way and building and, I, but they still got a little bit of that new car smell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much. Yeah. 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 You're like, I yeah. don't know about if they're really yeah. good or not. And yeah. Wolves every year they stamp. I'm like, yeah. so they're gonna stamp for a while. This is this is not just a one or two year. No, thing. we're still like, doing that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. Yeah. So that was my Elon one. Well, well that's similar. Like I, I had Stony Brook, mm-hmm. and for Stony Brook, I chose similar. I actually thought about Wolves, but. I went with like Crystal Palace. Oh, okay. It's you know one of those mid-table teams that's been around for a while. Uh-huh. And every you look at them, you're like, are, are they really in the Premiership? Yep. That's still, and it's not that they're not good. I mean, they're yep. they're mid-table. They'll compete. They'll they'll beat some top teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe even convince you in you know October, November that they're going to make a run at, at Europe or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of feel about Stony Brook. I'm like, man, they're still in the CAA. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, you look at the standings, you're like, man, they're going to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like it just. It kind of, it, but at the same time, like I don't really have an opinion on Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Much the same way, like I really couldn't care less about Stony Brook. I think the coach was kind of a dork. Yeah, and I, I thought he ran his mouth a little bit a couple of years ago. But overall, it's like, eh, oh, it's just Stony Brook. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, to me, it's just, just Crystal Palace. Yep. that's decent, well-funded, nice supporters, but no, no, nobody really cares at the end of the day. <laughs> no, that's right. So, I I, I had uh, William and Mary next, and um. It's it's hard for I thought about this one for a while and I was like, William and Mary is my Everton team. Um, mm-hmm. You know they really are. They're lovable. Um, everyone kind of likes having them around, and they're probably going to be around. But the best days are really not that good, and they kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, I mean, they're like a known name, and they're not. Nobody hates proud history. Yeah, very few people like, like, but they're not threatening. No, like nobody else hates them, right? Like, that's how I feel always about Everton, right? I mean, they're, I mean, Liverpool, I guess, arguably does, but they won the Champions League. I don't know if they really care about their crosstown rivals this year. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, that's kind of um, the way I feel about William Mary. I mean, everybody likes they're in the conference. Everybody respects they've been here a long time, but 
Yeah, they're not good. So, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I got New Hampshire. Yeah, this one's tough. Well, this is tough. And it's also, it's going to really annoy two of our, our good friends and loyal listeners and Swag and Jason. But <laughs> I, I got to go with Tottenham. Yeah. Because, like, they're a good team. And they'll challenge every year. And just like Tottenham's going to go to the Champions League every year, UNH, you know, that playoff streak, yep. like, nobody ever takes them seriously. Right. Nobody ever thinks they're going to win it. And, like, yeah, they made that run to the Champions League this year, but, like, nobody ever thought they were going to win the Premier League. Right. You knew they were going to be right there. You knew they were going to be in the top four all year. But everybody's like, no, nah, well, they ain't going to do it. You know, ho- nope. hopefully they'll hang on for the fourth spot. Right. Um, that's kind of feel with New Hampshire. Like, yep. they're always going to be – they'll make a deep run. They'll make it even to the semifinals mm-hmm. one year. But – nobody's ever going to look in the eye and be like, oh, no, they're going to win the CA. Right, or they're going to win the whole thing. Or they're going to win the whole thing, no. no. And their most exciting years when everybody likes them is when they're entirely about offense. When yeah, like, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah well, that, that's a great point. <laughs> when they're just bombing away. Yeah. And who cares how much they give up? They're going to outscore you. They're going to win with yep. four to three matches and stuff. That's right. So I, I, I took Albany next. This is the, sort of the uh, afterthought of the, of the CAA football world. And I thought Albany was Southampton. They're like way out there on the fringe. Um, they've sort of been around like as an annoying team for a while. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Bob Ford Field and all, but everyone kind of forgets they're even, I, I don't know. I don't think of them as being like a top tier. I, I forget they're kind no. of a CAA team in the way that like yeah. Southampton's kind of hung around the last, I don't know how many, four or five, six years. And I guess they have people who like their aggressive thuggish style of play but they don't really do anything so no that's where i thought no. them. yep well so. i i got villanova next uh-huh okay, and, this is a tough one it, well it's a tough one and until liverpool won the champions league i, I would have maybe gone liverpool oh yeah the catholic like, thing and everything yeah we're just catholic yep. and they're like kind of the past glory and everything but then the fact that liverpool has like a global following and hundreds of thousands of, of loyal supporters <laughs> just blew the comp out of the water because Villanova has no fans right. at all. There's like 14 guys that get excited about Delaware and yep. that's that. So I was going to say Newcastle in the ah, sense that like ah. they've got great name recognition, mm-hmm. but ultimately aren't too relevant. Like mm-hmm. they're just there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Newcastle's had some success in the past, but everybody knows them. They've got Newcastle as the iconic Jersey and, you know, mm-hmm. proud history and people associate with the beer. And everybody knows Villanova. Um, yep. And next to maybe William and Mary, it's the most kind of nationally recognized university in the CAA but otherwise they're just kind of there when it comes to football Mm -hmm. you know they they were really good years ago now Mm -hmm. they're just they're just another team people you know they come out and they win some games they lose some games but um at the end of the day people are like oh they got a football team you know yeah that's kind of feel what Newcastle like everybody knows Newcastle but nobody can tell you a thing about Newcastle they're just well that's one of those teams and they didn't get relegated nope well this is where we're doubling up because that's what I was thinking of for Maine Actually, mm. just being way up north, no, no. kind of Lester hard nosed. What? Oh, yes, you're Maine probably right. Leicester. Yeah, that's a good point. They came that... out of nowhere, one one, but they're never going to win again. No. Okay. Good point. Good point. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Comment. No, it's got to be Leicester. And like, they got excited last year. Right. Like, oh wow, Maine won the CAA. It's so great. They're, they're going to be right back down to the middle of the CAA this year. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see. I think the Hero Sports. Um, think, seems to think they're still going to be up there, but we'll we'll see this year. So, yeah, I, yeah. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. So you got Rhode Island next. I got Rhode Island. I'm just Brighton. Yeah, just, you know, yeah, yeah. 
anything and, and above and last Hove place. Albion. Yeah, yeah, Brighton and But like yeah. anything below, anything above the drop zone or, or last place, Rhode Island's mm-hmm. case, is a successful season. Um, hey, we didn't fin- finish dead last week. Seated expectations. That's right. That's that's kind of Rhode Island in a nutshell. And I don't know, but is I'm, it, it, I don't know my English geography, but is is Brighton somewhere down there near the coast? I, I do not know. Okay, I don't know. Okay, yeah. I might be going to the Rhode Island road game this year. Oh, My nice. brother was trying to get me to go up. And I would love to go. go to that this year. I've, I was yeah. thinking about that. We've always talked about wanting to go to New Hampshire, Rhode Island, or Maine. Yeah. And that was the one this year that I was like, oh, I wonder, you know. It's, it's right around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Which is a nice time of year to be up there. Mm-hmm. And my wife has never wanted to turn down a trip to Newport. So no. No. Um, my, my brother-in-law was was texting me about it. He's like, come on up. He's like, your, your school is playing right down the road. So. I was going to say right down the road. Rhode Island, not in Newport, but nothing no, that far like, away in Rhode Island. No, it's, it's Rhode Island. Right. It's like Fairfax County. Right. You know, right. it's, it's like 30 minutes yeah. without traffic. Yeah. You know, so, and, and they don't have traffic there, so it's 30 minutes. Right. Um, so my last one in the football category was Towson. Um, Towson seems like West Ham to me. I, I, I don't know. Just yes. right. They've kind of been around for a long time, but they're just kind of like, I mean, they're a city team. They're kind of, I don't know. You think of them as being a little, I, I don't know. I feel like the West Ham fans would really enjoy the Preakness infield. So, yes, yeah. uh, I agree. <laughs> I just I, they felt like that. And they, they have a tendency to be um, extremely reliant on one great player. Uh, uh, I, I just was, work magic, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, they Flacco and they had what, Terrence West before that. Terrence yeah, West, like, yeah. kind of. I feel like that's kind of West Ham they've at times had you know, transcendent, uh, one or two transcendent players. Um, but that's all I can really think about them. So, yeah. Yeah. Although, it's, unlike Maine, I actually think Towson will um, maintain their level, if not elevate it. Well, I mean, I think, I think it's hard not to think that as long as Flacco's healthy, right? They have a Yeah, that, they, they have a I player really, that, I slept on them last year, yeah. and I was really impressed. Yeah. And, really and, impressed and I when think, they played Jamie. I, I don't know who I'm, I'm probably missing someone from some team, but I'd have to think Flacco is – you know, the preseason player of the year, maybe um, certainly high on the list for contenders for preseason player of the year in the CAA without JMU having a obvious quarterback candidate and without New Hampshire having, and I don't think New Hampshire does either. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Am I missing somebody from, yeah, I don't know. There might be a defensive player. Yeah, there might be somebody, some sort, but that, I mean, that, I that would be really impressive. Ta- I mean, looking at all these teams, I don't, uh, to me, it seems like Flacco is probably the best returning quarterback, or at least most well-known, well-established. So, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, so we'll, I mean, they, they could be good. We'll do one bonus uh, hoops team as well. You got one more, Rob? Yeah, I, I drew Hofstra right. for our bonus hoops. <laughs> and again, I'm just I'm, I'm taking cop outs here, but to me, this is just like Burnmouth. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, just one of those clubs like gritty fan base, cherries. small. <laughs> Really passionate contingent, mm-hmm. but nobody else really pays attention to, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and, and, in, and even in basketball, like poor Hofstra, like they were so good this year. And I loved watching Wright Foreman, even though he, you know, destroyed, although Jamie had success against yeah. them. But, um, it's one of those teams that, again, it's like they get so excited about the opportunity to win the CAA. And, <laughs> and then they and don't. Just and they just don't. And the, the amount of attention that they, it's, Hofstra has some very passionate Passion. fans. There's not a ton of them, but they are passionate. We've met them at tournaments. And they and get like zero that. love in their... They get zero love. And, like, 
they are super well informed. They know so much about other teams, and they're just kind of treated by everybody as like yeah, not a rival, right? You know, right. and that's kind of like Burnmouth. Everybody's like, oh yeah, they're still in the league. Oh yeah, my club's playing them on Saturday. Oh okay. okay. But like people can't people, and even even when they're good or got good players, they're like you can't will yourself to match the level of passion of some of these small clubs no, no. that are not. And I kind of feel like that with particularly a school like Hofstra where basketball is the big sport. Yeah, I just feel like they kind of get dismissed or people just kind of ignore them at times even when when they're good or when the small but passionate group um, Mm -hmm. is right there you try to match them you you try to you get stuck talking ca basketball next to a group of hofstra fans they're gonna know a lot more than you yes oh they're gonna tell you like the six man for charleston you know like yeah they're gonna deep down and you're gonna be dismissive so i kind of feel like as a jmu fan even in hoops we can be a little dismissive, much like the, the top four or top six teams of the EPL can yeah. treat Burnmouth. Just yeah. like, oh, that's run along, run along, right. have fun. Yeah, and then my last one, I, I, I uh, drew UNCW, who uh, a longtime CA hoops power, and I, I did give them Arsenal here. Uh, yes. I thought they are a, a very flat, they, you know, they've had a, some flashy runs, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're a known commodity in CA basketball. Um, Probably, arguably the most, arguably the most well-known commodity in CA basketball, right? I mean, little, little bit, little bit of a hipster. Yeah, kind of that, like, like uh, yes, exactly. The way they played under Keats, yeah, such an efficient team. Like they were kind of the hipster team in terms of, um, yeah. you know, par and, and offensive efficiency. Right. They're the ones that all the college hoops fans are like, oh, you know, watch out for UNCW. They can pull off an upset. Most efficient team. All they do is shoot yeah. threes and shoot like. Well, and even before that Keats, team, right? The Brett Blizzard yeah. teams and, you know, going back, I mean, you, all those sort of hoops nerds would be like, oh, there's really great talent on this team. You've just never yeah. heard of them, which is like pretty much the Arsenal farm system for 25 years now, right? It's or like, just Arsenal fans. Yes, yes. Like, I've always compared Arsenal fans so, like, people who say Arsenal is their favorite club are, like, people who say the Velvet Underground is their favorite band. Right. Like, okay. unquestionably good and, and attractive football, yeah. just like it's great music. Right. But they're also trying to tell you something about themselves. They like, are, yes. I'm cool, you know. Like, right. I root for Arsenal, not Man United, not Chelsea, right. not I'm Liverpool. a UNCW like, guy. I'm not, yeah. I didn't adopt, you know, I, I went away yeah. from my Chapel Hill or state roots to be a Correct. Wilmington Seahawk here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, let's say something like Velvet Underground. Like, I'm going to choose a classic band that everybody knows, but it's not going to be the Stones. It's not going to be the Beatles. Right. I won't choose you know? Man U and I won't choose Liverpool, but I'll choose Arsenal. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. So you're, trying to, you're trying to say something about yourself yeah. more than your team. Right. Exactly. I love this. All right. Well, I had fun with this, Rob. Hope yeah, I did too. too. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, hopefully, those of you that are still with us enjoyed it as well. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back either next week or the week after with um, some more fun summertime stuff. If you have ideas, send us some stuff. Rob, you had a great post on the blog this week. So a lot of Oh, fun. yeah. That's, well, see, boredom, boredom is great inspiration. Yeah. Do you know what <laughs> else? Nothing I else never... about. Dukes was Philip Sinner Dukes, that that's what the PC was. I, I think I did know that because me and Holston used to go and order. We'd call things by their full names. Oh, yeah. Because we thought we were funny. So yes. like we'd go to Phillips Center Dukes yeah. and order a Royal Duke burger with cheese <laughs> rather than just a double cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. And it was all things like people were like, oh, you guys are losers. And it made us laugh hysterically. So oh, I did know that. That's great. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks, Rob. And um, I'll be looking forward to talking with you. And I hope let's go U.S. on Friday. And yes, yes, huge match. Hope it turns out much like some of you know the, the Caps-Penguins <laughs> series of years past. Yeah. 
I think this is going to be the one that nothing unique here, but I think this is the one that probably determines the champion. So yeah, two best so. teams yeah. on paper. Hopefully they both play their best. Mm-hmm. Um, I want the U.S. to win, but I really just want to see a, a, a great match um, to showcase the game. I think this World yeah. Cup deserves it. And if you're going to have mm-hmm. the two teams match up, you don't want it to you don't want it to be like a blowout or the 2015 World Cup where it was just no. Like an it has the potential, right? It looks like it sounds like it's going to be a pretty um. Like a bowl game the, type atmosphere where the it's gonna uh, be a great crowd. Yeah, so great the crowd. Crowd's gonna be pretty 50-50, yeah. much like a bowl game would be. Yeah, um, and so many of the players played together. So correct. many of the U.S. players played yes. in France, which yep. is cool. So yep. like they've got like a friendly rivalry. They know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the two largest contingents of fans in this World Cup have obviously been France number yep. one and U.S. number two. So um, I hope it lives up to hype. It's just a shame it's not in prime time or on a weekend. Yeah, uh, well we're over here and that's always our. What we, I guess we got a few to look forward to now. Twenty twenty six, we'll have regular time games for us. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But I just, I just think it's cool. Like for the women's game, I would really like to see this be something that lives up to the hype, um, and hopefully gets people more. We, we can talk about this later one, but yeah. it's so cool to see so many people so excited about women's sports and it's tweeting awesome. about it, and, and it's great to see people like pay them more. And, and it's I agree. Like let's get them more. But you want to be like you know what. Tune into more games rather than every four years. Go buy a ticket, buy a T-shirt, mm-hmm. go see the WNBA. Like, and I think when people get excited and they see these games, it's, it makes them more likely to go support other women's sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's cool, you know. Like it's it's really neat the idea of seeing these women compete at a high level. But then it's also kind of heartbreaking to see how poorly the women's professional soccer league here draws. How it's like Portland and everybody else. Yep. Um, it'd be terrific if this excitement would carry through, mm-hmm. and we would see higher attendance at, at women's professional soccer domestically and the WNBA. And this is, um, we're preaching choirs for yeah. JMU guys because JMU fans have one of the best parts about being a JMU fan is yeah. the fact that sports are sports, sports. sports. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, uh, you know, people are super passionate and they're not faking it when it comes to women's basketball. Mm-hmm. And I mean, softball, lacrosse, like people right. just get excited about seeing athletes rise to the occasion and challenge themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I have really mixed feelings around these World Cup things because I get so psyched and I mean Todd yeah we feel this way even I, in the men's game right I mean yeah we, men's we, game but, we, like, yeah. but for women's games like I I went to the ninety nine I saw the ninety niners live like right. I'm not somebody who just came around to this and there's nothing wrong I'm nope. more excited right. that there's a bandwagon but I just hope this continues and it carries through and mm-hmm. it's not just once every four years and it's not just kind of like ho hum if we lose like I hope people are really excited if we win. And I kind of, I hope people are devastated if we lose. Like, I want people to feel the passion. Yeah, I think I will be. So I'm hoping they don't lose. I I definitely feel like I'm headed into a game seven of Caps Penguins here. You know? Yeah. So anyways. Rob? Hey everyone, it's Todd. Um, just coming back with you when we get cut off. Thank you, Anchor POS. Uh, we'll be figuring the, out the tech issues in the next couple of weeks, but we did make it to the end tonight. Thank you again to everybody who listened, and we love you all. We're looking forward to tailgating with you in the RV lot at West Virginia in 64 days, and we'll be back next week. Go Dukes!
Cool mountain air. 